Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside an emergency PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show. You know, last week we didn't have a PGP. We talked a lot about that yesterday on the PGP, but after Joey Zanaboni joined us in studio, the voice of the Fredericksburg Nationals, the Fred Nats, we had to do an emergency PGP to react because it was so otherworldly, and a lot of the aliens wanted us to immediately respond. So Bogish does join us here, maybe part of the punishment payoff, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, this is the PGP that's missing. Now we could say we're all caught up, DA. Yeah. So let's go directly to Bogues. Bogues, you've done play-by-play before. You still do play-by-play what was your sense of the very mystical Joey Zanaboni in studio? So a general point that both of them, he and Emmanuel, were impressive because doing play-by-play without a game in front of you I think is really hard because it's hard to manufacture everything, the context of the call, emotion, whatever. And I just passed Emmanuel walking in here to tape this spiteful second PGP this week. Um <laughs> And I said that was an unfair fight because Joey's an evil genius. And Joey just fabricated a good call out of nowhere, but also did it, I mean, opens in that Zanaboni accent and takes your cues and just takes them to the 13th level. And you just, I don't know that the best, whoever you think is the best person in the world right now, Nance, Iron Eagle, I don't know that any of them could win a head-to-head because it's Zanaboni being insane, and you, you're always going to quote-unquote lose because I don't know that anybody else can do <laughs> what he did today on the show. Yeah. Somebody had to be the Washington Generals. Right. It was going to be Emmanuel, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. It felt like the Dream Team versus Angola. It felt like, like Zanaboni was Barkley throwing an elbow into Emmanuel's chest. But let me give Mraz credit yesterday because when we created the idea and you pitch it to Emmanuel— Emmanuel said off air, man, but I, I'm just like a straight announcer. I just do, I don't do the catchphrases. Right. And you said, that's fine. That'll work just as good because it pits the traditional baseball announcer against the craziness of Zanaboni. Right. We've joked around about teams trying to be the Rays. You can't outray the Rays. Don't be Zanaboni. Even if the calls look ridiculous, that's what makes the bit. Be straight, you. 
And that plays the, you know, the yin and the yang of it, which I thought worked. So there's no shame at all from Emmanuel's point of view. I think also what you realize, Emmanuel's really good and, and he's going to have a really good career. Zanaboni's just better than single A should have, though. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes. I think the question is, as we've gone all back and forth on this, is how much better than single A does he actually go? Like, who's going to have the guts to put... Totally. Because some of those things, they're not, you know, like, they're not crude. They're not, I mean, some of them might be crude. Like, they're not offensive. They're not wrong in their nature. But they're strange, and they're completely different than 99%. There are some, there are some nutcases calling Major League Baseball on the radio. But it's just flat-out different, and it's going to take somebody having guts to make their radio sound like that. And that, to me, is where we've all differed on how far he'll go because it's hard for me to fathom a big league team signing up for OnlyFan Lysol account page references. But someone above single A is going to, and he's going to take his madness to somebody else. I thought he'd be good at what we put in front of him, the dojo of death. Okay, here's the bullet points. You call the play-by-play, create a set, a scene. I thought he'd be good. He was better than good. <laughs> he was brilliant at it. What I was surprised at was how un believably chill he was the other 90% of the hour. I thought Joey would be high energy, kind of like very on top of the mic, you know, kind of like a very type A guy. He sat back in that chair. He leaned back. He was about a foot from the mic, spoke real slow, very thoughtful, very philosophical. I was like, I did not expect that. Didn't. And a little peel back the curtain. I had supplied Joey with headphones to listen to everything. That first segment, he doesn't put on the headphones. And when I asked him about it, this is how chilly he was. He goes, I could hear everything through the headphones while I'm sitting here. I didn't even want to put them on. It wasn't even like he had a perfect, you know, hairdo. He was that chill that he could just philosophically hear what was coming through the headphones by them sitting there. It was just, it was calming and interesting and everything all rolled into one. So he reminded me of this had to be, I don't know, 2005. Five, I was part of a digital fantasy football show, and we used it for like the original like NBCSports.com. Yeah, that's early for a digital and show. We taped it in the in Rock Center here in Manhattan on the stage after the Saturday morning local NBC like news show, and for some reason, Gilbert Godfrey was on that show one day. And he was sitting in the green room waiting to go on while we were sitting in the green room waiting for them to be done. And he sat there almost like curled in on himself, didn't say anything, wasn't crazy, zany, wacky Gilbert Godfrey. But the second he went inside and the light went on and the segment began, he was the insane comedian that everybody knows. It's like he only was that in the moment. That was not his base status Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how Zanaboni felt because he sat there and there were times where I think I I certainly didn't I didn't even know if he was done talking or not (laughs) because it just like his point would just kind of trail off but then the three times he had the call he sat up pushed the chair back a little bit like you could and then went into full Zanaboni mode because the lights were on he walked into the studio and he you know we said hello to one another and we cut into that bro fist connection and he never lost eye contact with me. Yeah. He stared at me until I sat down and he sat down. Then we were still staring. And he never blinked. 
And uh, I was yeah. like, whoa, you're in a different zone here. I had the same when I met him to bring him in. It was almost imposing. Yeah, I, and I know you can't see this on the PGP, but as I walked to the studio, I almost felt the need to keep my head turned and locked in with him and walk backwards. Like, that's how much you could feel the energy yeah. and presence about it. And you know what I really, really <laughs> liked about him more than anything? And I'm not going to name names here. We're not going down this road. As much as he sat there was philosophical and, you know, everything, it, it never came across disingenuous to me either. Well, you're naming... You wouldn't name names of people that have done this and we think are fakes or phonies? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't want to go down that road because we've done it to people recently that were unhappy. There are certain comparisons that could be made. It just, that too cool for school, I got the, he is the coolest guy in the world. I want to, it was like, who was ever was the guy in Seinfeld? Yeah, I want to, I want to turn my hat backwards and walk up (laughs) mountains too. But really pleasant, really cordial. So nice. So nice to Emmanuel and, and so nice to all of us. I mean, so he was too cool for school, but he wasn't. He was just a regular guy. Right. His cool is just. Too cool is the wrong word. I mean, like he actually is cool. Yeah. I don't know. The imposing thing freaked me out because I didn't know what to expect today, because I feel like I've been the most anti-Zanaboni on the show. Like, I'm the one that, I mean, that has laughed at you saying he's going to be doing a that you know baseball game sooner than you want him more than you want Mike Trout on the Yankees. So <laughs> stand him, by that more than ever. With him coming in today, I didn't know if he was going to recall any of that and put it back or, and be weird. And then he was out here, and I saw him first because, unfortunately, we suck, you know, put our our Zach Martin life sucker on him as he was out here waiting to come in. Zach is our production guy, one of our production guys, and he can be a real talker. Well, he's been told to leave guests alone mm-hmm. because he can be that overwhelming to them. So I went to rescue Joey and that the eye contact and like the, hey, how are like, I, it felt almost like, okay, he actually does, and maybe he doesn't, but it felt almost like this is him remembering whatever negative things I've said about him. What so I'm you, actually happy that he did to you guys yeah. too. What do you think about the Wolf t-shirt? Of course. Great move. Great move because that's, a, that's something you pull off. You would think try to overly dress to impress us is a big spot coming in today on the DA show, and he went the total opposite of that. I'm going to go with a vibing out T-shirt, like a wolf T-shirt. And that could have simply just been something he packed up and had, but he made it a thing. Right. And calf-high black socks, too, yeah. in his sneakers. I mean, it's like... I don't know, is that a hipster thing? Because I, I know that there are young kids that wear the... like the cat. Like he's the, not a hipster. No, right. that's great. But maybe he is in Fredericksburg? I don't think so. I think he just... Doesn't care? his own beat. I, I, think I, I, just, I like that. I am what I am, and you're going to like me for it. And I think he leans into the weirdness. Yeah, I, I do think he's naturally pretty weird. Right. That whole Zen thing was very authentic, but he didn't have to wear a wolf T-shirt. It's not like he didn't know that was funny. He knew it was funny and wore it, so he leans into it. Right. And look, he's extremely talented, but there's a ton of guys who are extremely talented in that kind of business. Yeah. So I give him credit for being bold and trying to separate himself, and that's what he does. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a pretty... Pretty amazing hour. Do we believe that that was the number one currently of the 12 DAs, or is that recency bias? I, I'm going to still lean recency bias. I think I would, too. Yeah. I think it's really good. Top five, maybe top three. I don't know if I could put it one yet. It's going to be an incredible year. When you close my eyes and I say 12 DAs of Christmas, I probably still say Sterling doing the Fat Journal, but... Uh, it's up there. It's just we're in July, and there's just another moment here that just gets stacked up. It's been an incredible year thus far. Folks. I mean, I've already forgotten. It, 
Tiki is still eligible for, right? So, I mean, I think the problem is we had that, like, stretch from the second we closed last year's voting across the new year where we had, like, nine possibilities in an 11-day span, and we haven't had that kind of production recently. Right. So I think it feels like it's overwhelming. And it was, I mean, it was maybe the weirdest thing I can remember (laughs) on the show, which is saying a lot. But Sterling and Tiki are... Pretty special, so it's hard to top those two in my book. Incredible top-heavy division here. I think Sterling is still my one. Probably. Sterling doing the Fat Journal, I, th- I still think yeah. has to be the one. It was so jarring of a surprise in real time. All that stuff needs to but be But could Zanaboni doing the Dojo of Death be two right now? Sure. Could. Yeah. could. Yeah. I, I would feel okay putting it there. Because it might be tough to put two Fat Journals, one and two, this year. Let's not forget as well. Yeah. Want to separate them a little bit? Yeah. I... This is just, I have to wrap my head around how special today was. I, I need to re-listen to Zanaboni again. I do. Well, I, I think the non-Dojo stuff was the best part. Yeah. I yeah. think, like, him being him for three segments yeah. is, was Top the better stuff, part of right. Yeah. Somehow he wove a review of the new Top Gun movie into pushing civilization forward with individuality. And and stumbled upon his dog race play-by-play oh. career. I mean, come on. <laughs> Bax McFasty was right. Uh, unbelievable. And most important job he's ever had, too, by the way. Bogus has got to go. He's got the Bill Ryder show to handle. So, Bogus, thanks for doing the first part of the hey, PGP. Nice to hear you, you on a PGP. You know Bogues. how much I love the PGP, and <laughs> hopefully one day I can host one and not just be the third voice. Love you guys. All right. We'll continue this conversation here, Mraz. The booking of Zanaboni was he said he was going to be in New York, and you were like, oh, then come into the studio? Or did you say, when will you be in New York? We want you in studio. So we had left that as a possible scenario. Hey, if you can make time to New York, we'd love to have you in studio. And I spent a lot of last week while I was off, full disclosure, in the jokes about Pete and Bogues not doing the PGP, I had one work uh, position in mind, and that was, hey, make sure we're pretty solid guest-wise. Let's come back. Let's leave no room for any, like, you know, we're coming back looking lazy. Like, that was my mindset. So I've kind of had a running conversation with Zanaboni going. And quite frankly, it was like almost as if he had put a sensor and was monitoring my phone activity. I was spending a good couple hours reaching out and, and specifically targeting in-studio guests. We're out of nowhere. Here's Zanaboni, who I hadn't talked to in a couple of days. Hey, book my trip to New York City Wednesday or Thursday. Can I come in studio? I said, this is unbelievable. So you want to call it stepping and you know what? Whatever, but it was something we had been discussing. I just wasn't anticipating it being this week, and it just happened to line up perfect where we conversed at basically the exact moment I was looking to have an in-studio guest on Wednesday. It worked out perfectly, and he's visiting New York, and so he could spend some time with us, which is great. Then after the, the spot, after the hour with us, we I sent him to hang out with Kaplan a little bit because the Wizard of Watch DA wanted to do some stuff with social, yeah. for social with him. And now is he floating around this building? I don't know where he is. I was told he was going to go record something with another <laughs> production voice. Uh, I was told by Cap, uh, Zanaboni's great, but I'm sending him back your way. I don't know what more I'm supposed to do back here with him. But it, feel, I, it feels like Zanaboni is at a game where it's 18-1 and the rest of the building is left <laughs> in the seventh inning. What a great... Absolutely great hour with Zanaboni, the voice of the Fred Nats, single A, the Washington Nationals. Others wanted us to do a, a follow-up on Pete. and Is that right? Yeah. 
And I just want to, now that we've addressed the PGP on the show, the missing PGP from last week, and Bogish took the bulk of the blame. He said, 95% it's on me. Look, I love Bogues. We all know this. I respect Bogues. I love that he's part of the show. So, I mean, part of this is just me needling a friend. But I do think, and I accept his apology. I do think, though, that the explanation is very flawed in that Tuesday, Bogish and Bilotti addressed, should we or are we doing a PGP? They both concluded, I don't know. DA didn't tell us. And then neither one left that conversation to say, let me follow up. Bogus says, look, I should have followed up and I made a mistake. I just can't imagine there had to be a reason you didn't follow up. I forgot. Okay. There just wasn't a reason. I mean, two guys say, are we supposed to do something? I don't know. And then nobody sends me a text. And one listener put it as, if you don't want to know the answer, you don't ask the question. In other words, Bilotti right. and Bogish knew I was going to say, no, it's on you guys to do the PGP. You're the host of the show this week. And they didn't want to do it because it was more work. And so they didn't ask me. So I agree. And, and I don't want this to get to like an uncomfortable nature because, of course, we love those guys and we're having fun. But I heard that at a Bogues and, and I felt two ways about it. Number one, I respected that and I, and I expected him to just own up to it. Lessons I should have learned long ago of how to, how to handle it. And I feel like I've gotten better. But Bogues, that was a, a clinic in that. Hey, bottom line is this, this is what happened and this is what I didn't do and I should have done it. So I respect it. But I, in a way, I still don't believe some of what they're selling. Because Tuesday would mean, if they had that conversation, this was before anybody tweeted at us to say there was no PGP, which meant they were ahead of anybody saying that. And to your point, if the conclusion they came out of it was to not text you, but just leave it on the assumption you didn't say anything, so it's on you to do a PGP, that kind of feels like a crummy answer. Because if you... Felt like you wanted to put in the work. Oh, man, I feel like I'm channeling my inner (laughs) DA here. I really, it almost disgusts me to say things like this. Oh, I feel like DA's crawled inside of my body and is going to speak into the microphone. This is how much I've been basically beaten down in this place here. You think DA's coaching hasn't gotten to me. This is the sentence I'm going to say. If you wanted to do the work and you discuss doing the work, you would, even if you weren't doing the work, have gone out of your way to communicate whether the work should have been done or not and not just sat back and basically waited and hoped either nobody noticed or that you were just going to do it on your own anyway. And a follow-up, follow-up to that, it, I hate to poke holes and everything. When Bogish made the comment, I wasn't even sure if Pete knew how to do the PG or put up the PGP, Number one, should we just strip the logo of the Permission Granted podcast because Pete's on it? I mean, I know that he doesn't host every week, but he's there. I mean, it's the four of us sitting there. Number two, if you were going to operate under the assumption that Pete, who's worked on the show, doesn't know how to upload the PGP, well, then why would any Rome's producers who you'd seemingly be recording with know how to upload the PGP? Why would you make that assumption then? If only I know how to do it, or Pat Boyle knows how to do it, why then would you at the same token say, well, we weren't sure Pete knew how to do it, and then we figured you would do it. Then why would we assume that your guys with Rome would know how to do it? That, to me, felt like a really dumb argument. I think the least... it's not, Nothing's offensive here. So so it's just like the best answer here is Bogus and Bilotti wondered about it on Tuesday, didn't know, 
and then forgot, just forgot to reach out to me. And then it got to Thursday and people made it a thing and they were like, oh, we already didn't do it and we're not going to do it. It already hasn't been done. So we're just not going to do it. That's yes. best case scenario. Worst case is they actually talked about it on Tuesday and then avoided asking me so that they didn't have to do it in case I said, no, it's it's on you guys because it's about the DA show, not about the Jim Rome show. So one of those two things happened. Yeah, I and I look, I get it because I've been there and I, I basically have to slide to your role every Friday and I happen to be off last week. So I know that when you kind of move up a peg or move around, like Bogus had a lot to handle last week and Pete had more to handle. Sure, I get that there is a sense of like, all right, I'm already wearing a bunch of hats. It could be overwhelming whenever you slide there. That's totally natural to workplace. Totally. But if I had to guess, whether it was overwhelmingness, I mean, there's folks doing solo shows, he's doing it with others, Pete training a guy like Emmanuel to make sure he's ready for this week. If I had to guess, it's almost as if they treated the PGP last week while they were doing all these other things like, the heck with it. We're, you know, it's stupid that we're even in this situation that the two of them aren't here. Hmm. I don't know if they were resenting it that way. It's just another piece of work on yeah, an already labor-intensive week. That's what I mean. I don't know if they thought about it in that way, but there was some kind of subconsciousness to this whole thing where even if that sounds more harsh than I'm saying it, but that's kind of the feel. Or maybe it just was, it's not a priority because we have so many other things to do. Yes. And that's an answer. We just didn't think it was a priority. We were overwhelmed with a ton of other work. And that's an answer. But so this is interesting because basically Bogish is saying like, hey, I screwed up. We should have done one. Pete has gone on the offensive on Twitter. Whew. DA show quotes tweets a conversation you and I had on the PGP previously yesterday that said, we need to come up with a punishment for Bogish and Pete. Mraz, oh, I've been waiting for this day. Pete quote tweeted, oh, punishment? I see. <laughs> Lewis and Palmdale uh, kind of describes what had happened uh, on us discussing it. Pete responds sarcastically, thanks, everyone. DA show quotes, quotes again, a conversation you and I had. Monday's going to be ugly. It's already uncomfortable. Bogus saying, but will it be over this or will Bilotti be mad and onto something new? Bilotti responds, this. Lewis and Palmdale. Bilotti's using my wife's logic. When she's caught in an error, she tries to judo my argument and reverse it to become my fault. Bilotti, quote, thanks, pal. Bogish, I can't believe we're doing a second spiteful PGP before you and I and him just tape this one. Bilotti answers, questioning work ethic again. Shocker. Oh, now, man. I don't know if he thinks that we're questioning his work ethic, but oh. that is not something that we normally do. So he's... In fact, before you just read that, we were talking about them wearing many hats and working harder. So we're, we're always defending Pete's work ethic. So he's already gone down that road. Bogish, upon tweeting, I can't believe we're doing a second spiteful PGP... Big Lau responds, Pete, stop being a baby, man. It's all good. So oh. what we're seeing here is that and and I and I I want to say this. I empathize, sympathize actually with Pete because I've been there. When something happens on the show that's about you and you're not on the show to defend yourself, you start getting 
paranoid, desperate, like, how do I respond because I'm not on the show and, like, what's going on? Certainly have been there, yes. Right? So that might be happening with Pete, that he's in the crosshairs and he's kind of getting a little desperate and so he's kind of firing back on Twitter. That's his only kind of platform. Any of us, that's usually our only platform. Sometimes you'll call in and, <sighs> For you sure. know, berate. Oh, I've made my fair share of mistakes. <laughs> I just recently, when Boyle had the five, you called into the show on your vacation to belittle the, the five oinks. So this could be what Pete's doing right now. But inadvertently, Pete is doing what we make fun of you for doing. Yes. He's lashing out at people that are poking fun at him, not taking it as a joke, taking it too seriously, and like kind of forcing his way in when he should be on vacation and chilling out. How often does he tell you, dude, you're on vacation, don't worry about it. Right, which is what he should be doing. Basically, his headspace now for 48 (laughs) hours is spinning and not enjoying his time off. I totally agree. But this is, I think Pete's ultimate, if I had to pick one fatal flaw of Pete, working with him for so long, and I guess it's a similar one to some of the ones I have clearly, it is that, Pete has an unbelievable knack for taking something that could be a lot of fun and could play it off in fun and isn't actually a big deal, but we play it up to be a big deal and making it an actual big deal. <laughs> like, we're ta- think about this. We're talking about a permission-granted podcast. Yeah. We love them. We do them every week. One didn't get done. It got brought up by listeners, and we kind of had fun at the idea of like, well, you know, if one of us did this, we'd be getting killed, Right. So instead of laughing off going, you're right, stupid me, uh, I'll take my punishment, what is it, you know, having fun with it, it becomes, here's this vicious tweet, here's this vicious tweet. And then it gets to a point where it feels like uncomfortably serious. And Pete just has this unbelievable knack of doing this with things. Yeah, yeah, that, that is very true. Go back to the valet parking at Bob's Bar. This is what we're talking about. We carried it on for three weeks because he made it a big deal. <laughs> it's such a non-serious thing that they didn't do a PGP. And now, it, yeah, you're right because of the reaction, has become too serious. Yes. Yeah, to the point like, oh, do I even press him on this anymore? <laughs> it's just so weird. It's only Wednesday morning. <laughs> it is. We don't get him back until Monday. It's uh, Which I hope he forgets about. <laughs> I do want him to, uh, A recharge Pete is better for everybody on the show. <laughs> Why is it such a... And it's our listeners, too. They're evil. They knew what they were doing by bringing up this PGP thing. Oh, you think? That oh, they, Jeff at Pittsburgh knew when he was calling. You think they set the bait? I would say this, Big Larry. I'm, I have no doubts that Big Larry and Jeff in Pittsburgh wanted to hear PGP's list. We have no doubts about yeah. it. But I also think they were. Way, I think they're way more excited to hope this becomes a thing on the show <laughs> than they would have been to actually listen to the PGP if it was done. <laughs> What's going to be funny is me, you, and Bogish will have. Bury the hatchet, moved on, done like six PGPs this week. Yeah. And then we'll come in Monday and have totally forgotten about the whole thing. And then Pete's going to be the one riled up, like ready to to strike. I, I totally see it coming, right? Coming off a weekend, hot in the New York area where, you know, we're poolside tans. We sit in and I see, see Pete. I know that I'm going to sit down with Pete at 5 a.m., 5.15 a.m. on Monday. And I'm going to give him a big hello and actually have forgotten this. <laughs> And he won't have. And I'm going to have a cold shoulder and then be quickly. Rem- oh, that's right. right. Okay. You're upset. The PGP thing. Yes. Yeah. I know. Well. <laughs> As Zanaboni walks past the studio right now, by the way. 
What a day. What a day around here. Zanaboni's <laughs> wandering the newsroom of our studio. In a right wolf t shirt <laughs> and calf high black socks with shorts on. <laughs> All right, that's your emergency PGP. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. I guess that's part of the quote unquote punishment for, for Bogues and Pete, although Pete's going to say no punishment for me, but we'll see where we go on that. As always, you can subscribe to the PGP, and you can subscribe to the DA Show's feed to get the PGP there as well. We'll see you next week, everybody, or maybe tomorrow. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.